0: grave i know that you want me dead <sighs> i take prescriptions to make me feel okay i know it's all in my head i have these lucid dreams
1: the Cure with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, with my partner, Boris. Hello. He says hi. Hi. <laughs> Our show is available live on your radio, also live through our app, The Cure, on any smartphone, and our website, GodIsTheCure.com. We're broadcasting live from Miami through satellite, available on radios more than 11 states, among others, and soon after the show on any podcast player. This show deals with suffering, the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive, and the courage to keep moving forward despite any obstacle, with the help of God and each other. We do provide testimonials to let people know that we're not alone. And in this show, the testimony started with me, having been a survivor from child abuse well into young adulthood. We also have experts in several fields and inspirational speakers that are willing to help us with valuable information. Knowing that education is necessary Awareness is crucial, and comfort is needed. I do believe we all suffer, or have suffered from something, and we hope to be a source of healing for each other. Though my healing came from God, other forms of healing are presented as well to service everyone. Life can be very challenging, but always know there is someone who cares. There is always hope. The song that I just played, bless his soul, is Oh My God by Juice World. We all have been lured by the things of this world that are not good for us, some of which one is dead. I remember taking prescriptions only to find out it's all in my head. We were once fooled by what we thought was our everything that only gave us lucid dreams and made us feel that we're better off dead. We can easily be convinced as evil wears a pretty face and we don't want it to end until we hit the bottom for the enemy is never our friend. Though we can be tangled up and in great despair, there is hope in God and no matter how far we go down, He will lift us up through His grace. Our guest today, Dale Figland, is going to share with us his testimony of a life-saving transformation from a Mafia life to a pastor and a counselor. Dale Figland struggled with family put-downs and abuse of every kind and turned him into a gun-toting, knife-wielding runner for the Mafia, addicted to drugs and alcohol. After his years in the Mafia, Dale stopped fighting God and asked him for help. After years of Dale holding the title of Pastor Emeritus and maintaining active counseling practice, helping numerous people in churches, he retired and with the help of Robbie Carey wrote his memoir, Conspiracy of Grace. Dale, thank you for being on the show. And I understand Robbie Carrie is here too. You guys
3: are both live. Dale, do you hear us?
2: Dale, is there a way that you can raise the volume or speak a little louder? I, I hear you very low.
1: Is this better?
2: That's a little better. And Carrie, you're with us also? Well, Oh, we uh, Okay, great. Um, Dale, it, it's so wonderful to, to have you here with us today because I was reading your notes and it's amazing that we both have similar stories and that we can relate to each other. Would you like to share with us about your younger years?
3: Dale, can you speak up?
1: Yeah. from a extremely dysfunctional family but my mother and father were very well respected uh, in the community. A lot of the things that were going on, it's
3: a secret, it's a lot of secrets. Del, uh, let us try to figure out, uh, the the volume is very low, uh, we'll be back to you in a second.
2: Okay, I, I, I don't understand, maybe it's the internet. <laughs> The internet gives us problems these days i think we may all understand <laughs>
3: yeah everybody's on the internet stuck at home so uh
2: but what dale has to say i believe is super important and i definitely don't want to miss it i don't
3: know about you guys <laughs> i don't want to miss it we'll so we'll uh so, we'll get it done
2: but I, I my it's similar to my story because my parents were very respected in the community as well. They were both doctors. My mother was a highly admired neurologist, a genius, and we were very Catholic. Nobody would have ever guessed that in our perfect family of nine children, there would be a pedophile. And uh, so it was even difficult for people to believe at the time that I said, something again for the second time at 15 people did not want to believe that such standing citizens can do such a
3: thing that's because they hide in sh- what do you call it sheep clothing
2: like I said the enemy
3: wears a pretty face <laughs> <There> you go <laughs> okay let's see I think we have Dale on the line again let's try again Dale you are now yeah. live let's try that yes
2: of course
3: great I think we hear you better
2: you sound much better
3: alright thank you thank you so
2: so you were telling us, Dale, how your life started. Because everyone, I've noticed, I think that the enemy attacks those that are likely to get close to God the most. It's what I've seen is similar in those that have gotten close to God. They've suffered. They've suffered a lot. So please share your story to let people know suffering isn't all there is to it.
1: Well, I was mentioning the, uh, you know, by the age of five, I had uh, struggled through a lot of physical abuse, uh, you know, verbal, emotional abuse, and then I had uh, the the favorite person in my life was my uncle, and uh, he would, uh, you know, I felt he cared about me and would give me gifts, and by age five, he sexually molested me and, um, you know, turned from a favorite person to, a, you know, a, a dark side. And um, I went to share with my mom after uh, several uh, times being abused, and she started yelling and screaming and beating me, calling me a lawyer. And so, the uh, you know, that, needless to say, affected affected my uh, my whole thinking. And uh, I call it a lot of lie-based thinking about myself. And, uh, you know, the, I felt, you know, shame. Uh, I felt damaged for life, dirty, uh, unloved. Uh, and is that what...
2: And because you part. did not receive love in the home, because I understand my mother would beat me too, and I was a black sheep, and because you didn't know what love was, do you believe that's what led you to a life that's dangerous, a life that's not in line with God?
1: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I think it—you know—the uh, it gave me, uh, you know, a desire to not only defend and protect myself, but became a driving force in my life to feel significant or accepted,
2: And you know, the enemy has a way of doing that. He jumps on all the unfortunate circumstances and finds a way to convince you that you're a bad person, or that God will not love you, or that there is no God, or that God abandoned you. And sometimes we find out the hard way, so, that, that's what I wanted to talk about. Dale, what's your turning point? Because you didn't have anything that was really hard for you. You didn't have anyone in your life. So, what was the turning point that let you know there is love, even though you did not receive it? So, when we come back, we're going to talk about that. I want to let people know there's always love, even though you grew up in hay. We will continue talking with Del Figland about trusting God and overcoming obstacles with his help. We would love to hear from you. 866-34-TRUTH. We will be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure.
1: life can bring many difficult situations domestic violence addictions poverty and even sexual abuse by your loved ones the issue is not stay there but to overcome all obstacles and show that with the love of God your husband and your family you can succeed love is the answer God is the cure reveals Amy Cabo's life a warrior who didn't give up and achieved the dream of her life you can get to know more about her and her story on godisthecure.com or buying her book on Amazon.com
0: he says, really don't know how we made it here. Never thought I was worth what you give. Never felt quite alive. Now I'm living. Yeah, you kill my doubts, they disappear. When I feel like nothing's gonna hold me down, hold me down, you. Until you came around Came around Now I just wanna stay We'll continue with
3: Amy Cabo and the Cure. Welcome back. This is Amy Cabo and thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can listen to the radio show live through our app, The Cure with Amy Cabo, or later as a podcast.
2: The song that just played was midnight by Alessio and Liam Payne. Sometimes we are amazed by how far along we have come. I remember when life was so scary, no matter what. And now, no matter what, life is not scary. I realize now that God is the only thing that feels right. He kills my doubts, they disappear. I've learned to enjoy time and not waste it. And even when it's difficult to find peace, I know that I can take it to midnight. As I fall asleep with God, He'll still be there in the morning.
3: I also want to remind you about the contest we started. Let us know suggestions for a song that we can play on the show through our Contact Us page on GodIsTheCure.com and if we play it, you will receive a $25 gift certificate. Thank you so much for everybody who have submitted songs. Amy picks up the songs based on the topic of the show, as you know, the guests and other sometimes Mm. secret reasons. So it's not easy to get selected, but it's very possible. So keep on doing it, please.
2: We are talking to Dale Figling, disca- discussing his amazing story of transformation. Dale, now, I, I wanted to ask you, it, I know that your your parents were in a prominent position and everything like that, and I know that our stories can relate. Did your parents ever introduce you to God? Did you grow up knowing Him? How did you discover Him? And then I want to stick out my neck and ask you what was it like working for the Mafia?
1: Okay, well, I had one person in my life, uh, my grandfather, and I, I didn't know him well, but he was a bivocational pastor of a small church. And I, I always knew there was something different about him. He, he never gave me a lecture. and. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I I felt like I was important to him, and um, and he he started. Uh, at, at, you know, I didn't get to see him maybe a couple times a year, but he would always um, share uh, how much uh, Jesus loved me. And um, I remember in school, my my parents saying that I was angry coming out of my mother's womb because I was always getting in fights. Um, at age five, I was expelled out of kindergarten for a place, and, uh, wow.
2: I didn't know that I was possible.
1: Was, uh, <laughs> you know, I was angry all the time trying to prove myself. And I would say the one person and I didn't understand, uh, in fact, I didn't think I was even lovable. Um, i I believed the lies uh, you know, was that i I didn't feel loved, I didn't feel needed. Um, didn't feel important and uh, you know I I didn't have any value but this man my grandfather uh, made me feel uh, a person of worth and and I would say I didn't understand it at the time but but God was taking the initiative through many people in my life to seek me out Uh, I wasn't (laughs) looking for God Um, and uh, But th- he put what I would call Jesus people in my life. And, I, I, and as I got older, I didn't even appreciate that.
2: And but you know, he looks for you in the most weirdest places. Because Dale, I mean, I did not, I did not really see bad stuff, you know. I, I lived in my little bubble. And when I was 18 and I worked for Solid Gold in Greece, I dated the brother of the, mo- the head of the Mafia, and I had no clue. So I know nothing about the Mafia. What was it like to be in the Mafia? Okay. Well,
1: <laughs> I started boxing uh, at age 12, I went to a, a gym in um, almost downtown Cleveland, that was an old fire station turned into a gym. And not knowing it at 12, there were were guys that were part of the Mafia that hang out. So I started uh, getting to know some of these people. And um, I uh, was a better street fighter than a boxer because there's no rules on the street. And I started, um, they took a liking to me, some of these guys. And um, I left home when I was you know, by the age of 15, I had left home, and they provided a place for me to stay. So I, I thought, well, you know, I felt significant hanging around these guys, and sort of just, you know, slowly graduated into hanging around with these people. And um, at a young age, they sort of took me under their wing, and, th- and I thought, wow, this is really pretty good. And I was What's called a runner. I didn't know much at the time, but I would, you know, they had the numbers racket. And so I would deliver packages and different things, uh, never ask questions, and uh, and it paid extremely well. I mean, um, one of the guys that I got to know pretty well, uh, you know, uh, depend on Nebriated. depended on how much i get paid. They would just pull out a lot of money out of their pocket and say, good job, and pay me. And, you know, there was no minimum wages with those guys. And and so I enjoyed the money, and I enjoyed the um, camaraderie, and I I think not knowing it, I felt accepted and important. But there came a turning point where I started... uh, Doing things uh, that bothered me greatly. Um, I uh, I was asked to go do some collections of uh, a lone shark on the east side of Cleveland, and and they taught me uh, how to you know how to break an arm rather easily. You could shake somebody's hand, and say hey how you doing, and hyperextend the elbow and crack it, and the the arms broke.
3: Okay, please don't try that at home, people. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but unfortunately, I became good at that. And that, that opened the door to just get more involved. And, and it actually started bothering me. And I, I um, was around some, some m- murders, okay? And um, wow. I, I, I desperately wanted to get out. And uh, I somehow I graduated from high school. I mean, um, I was uh, on my own at the time, and uh, my grandfather was was very proud of me, knowing that I made it and graduated high school. I I missed almost every Monday, so the teachers had to get together and have a conference to see if they would even let me graduate because they didn't have the laws they do today and so uh, i did graduate and it was during the time where you were getting drafted uh vietnam war and so i thought well i'll try college and uh i did well if i liked the class i would get a's if i didn't i would get (laughs) c and so my grades weren't too bad and uh the but dale
2: that's the amazing thing that it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done god always calls you back he never gives up neither does the other one by the way the opposite (laughs) pickpocket we will return with the cure live every saturday we would love to hear from you 866-34-TRUTH
0: Slow it down, yeah, you only get one go round, cause the finish line is six feet in the ground, in a race you can't win, just slow it down. And now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The
2: Cure. Welcome back. And remember, we're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio, on our app The Cure, for any smartphone, or our website,
3: thecure.com. All shows are available also as a video and audio podcast. Just look for The Cure with Amy Cabo.
2: A small correction, the first song that I played was Lucid Dreams, not Oh My God, that was last week's song. (laughs) But the song that just played now was Be A Light by Keith Urban. So you got that right? Yes, this time it's right. (laughs) Chris Tomlin, Hilary Scott, and Reba McIntyre. We pick our battles, and in this world, sometimes it's best to walk away in order to make the best out of it. We only have one life, let's make it count. When we do someone wrong, we can always make it right. If there is hate, learn to love even more. Find the good in it, grow, and serve as an example. With just a little faith, every wrong God makes right, for He intended for every one of us to shine.
3: I also want to remind you about the contest we started. Please send us your request for a song on our page guyzeq.com contact us and tell us which song you want us to play. And Amy will review it and maybe she will play it. And we're talking
2: to Del Figland, a mafia guy, turned counselor and pastor, talking about overcoming any obstacles with god's help
3: dale thank you for being on the show that's amazing so so you graduated school and after that you went on and and you became and you studied for a priest that's super cool
1: um no actually um i was accepted at kent state and my grandfather got word that he wanted to talk to me and uh I went to him and he said, I'm proud of you. You graduated from uh, high school. You'll be the first one to go to college in our family. And uh, he, as I said, he was a bivocational pastor. And he said, uh, I got a, you know, I would like you to consider going to the college uh, I've, and I'll help pay. Now he was uh, poor as a church mouse and uh, i knew he didn't have a lot of money and uh but he said i'll help you get started if you go to the college i i pick out so he picked a christian college in uh, anderson indiana and uh this was my way out of the mafia so how it was that easy
3: did they let you go easy i hear that in the movies that is
1: uh, I went and told them that I wanted to go to college and they got excited about it Oh
3: really? That's good <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, they were getting into, or, you know, organized legitimate businesses Oh And uh, they encouraged me to go off and go to college
2: Except they didn't know a lot about the little grandfather of yours <laughs> <laughs>
3: That was a secret weapon, I guess
2: God's, God sent him in your life I love it, oh. I love the story
3: so, but and Dale, you ways say ways that uh, him, when way we suffer, can, can I say? Can, okay, Dale, I wanted to ask you something because I found it very interesting. You say that when we suffer, our struggle is in learning to stop fighting our pain, and instead we should learn to take it to God for, for help. Can you can you expand yeah. on that? Should we even consider it suffering or an opportunity? Well, oh,
1: uh, I, I looked at it as an opportunity, but I had a real hard time adjusting. Uh, to this Christian environment, because I got there my first week and they took my car away because oh. freshmen couldn't have a car. And then they told me there was a curfew, and I didn't even know what a curfew was. Wow! And then they told me you couldn't. <laughs> you smoke. looked it in
3: the dictionary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I couldn't smoke or drink, and I couldn't oh. swear, and they were finding me. Uh, for, all the time. Where
3: is that school today? Can you give me the address?
1: <laughs> Are you sure it was a military <laughs> school? <laughs> so it was a real hard adjustment for me, but I met authentic Christians there, nice. and I think that be- I began to understand there was some, you know, some power out there that was real called God. Um, there's a, a short. Uh, story Uh, when I was 12 I got busted for breaking and entering and it devastated my parents and at that time I was hanging around uh, um, the CYO Catholic Youth Organization and because they had pretty girls and they did a lot of fun things and so one time flippantly I asked the priest what's it take to become Catholic because every time I asked a girl out, they'd say, I can't date you because you're not Catholic. <laughs> and so I got confirmed as a Catholic oh, um, that's at a pretty... at young age, <laughs> at 12 and 13. But I, I read the Bible for the first time because my mom got so upset and um, I don't mean to any derogatory for Catholics, but she had this lie-based thinking that says, well, they don't even have the right Bible. So, uh, to prove her wrong, I read both Bibles, and there wasn't a lot of difference. Yeah. In fact, the Catholic yeah. Bible was easier to understand. Wow. And, uh, but at uh, 12, I think God uh, got me speaking to me through His Word. And so I think for the first time I started believing that there was a God and Jesus was his son. Only I didn't need him until later on in my life if if my pride got in the way. uh, But but thank goodness that God was pursuing me and, uh, and allowed and almost opened the Bible for me. It was like a challenge when my mother says, you can't do that. I wanted to prove her wrong. And so... I think that was the beginning of um, me, you know, understanding, at least, and believing there even was a God.
2: Well, you know, Dale, it wasn't going to happen right away. Don't you understand? It takes a long time for a masterpiece. (laughs) And so, I mean, we're very blessed if everything goes well and life is all good until we grow up, but then we will never experience God's love or his miracles, or his amazing work in her life, or how he's able to transform us in ways we didn't even think possible. Speaking of transformation, you talk about a transformation prayer. Tell me about that. Does it really transform people? How does it work? Well, the,
1: uh, like you said, it's a slow process. <laughs> <There> you, <are>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that I did it was years later, you know, I, I, I kept saying, they gave all their calls in this college, and uh, I know I was now convicted, uh, but I didn't want to go forward. I remember having a conversation with God and saying, I believe you, uh, but there's too many things I want to do that I know you're not going to like, and so maybe later in my life I'll surrender. And to me, surrender meant I was weak. uh, So you were
2: conflicted, conflicted between the world and God. Exactly. And I understand that. I think a lot of us understand that. Because it's very inviting. And it's, it's, it's it's very, it looks very good. And, you know, it's a fake high. It's a fake happiness. Because it doesn't bring you peace. And it only brings you down. I mean, it it really does. But, at what point did the Mafia realize you're not coming back, you're becoming a man of God?
1: <laughs> well, that, that was another slow process. <laughs> I mean, I kept in touch with them and I'd come home on the summers. And so I still was involved with them. And it wasn't until um, at the end of college, I, uh, I decided, uh, I, I met Karen, my wife. And I wanted to get married and so I needed a job and uh, again, God, I believe, uh, just opened the door for me. I had no intentions of uh, going into teaching. I was in pre-med and but I I, I couldn't uh, get married and support, at least I didn't think so. Loris, you would know more about this.
2: Working for the Mafia, right? years
1: <laughs> of college, um, I needed to go get a job so I could get married. So I gave up the idea of being a doctor, and and they, the Cleveland Board of Education needed teachers who were heavy in science or math, so they hired me, and um, uh, and that was a a strong breaking point of getting away from the mafia. I was on the fringe, and Uh so I didn't have... uh, uh, I don't know. I guess God just worked it out to where I could gradually just, um, you know, not be involved with them.
2: So it, it's um, not true I, that you cannot leave the Mafia alive, that you're, no, you're committed I, I, to them for life?
1: I don't do enough to get anybody
3: <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> you don't know, uh, lots.
2: hopefully you weren't um, that, that important. I thought
3: that stuff,
2: <laughs> but, um, but we're going into break. I, I hate to... Uh, going to break. That was very interesting. But we would love to hear from you. Have you ever been with the Mafia? Involved in the Mafia? Did you get away? Please call us. 866-34-TRUTH. Okay.
0: We will be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. In my weakest moment, I see you. Shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment Written all over your face Here come those whispers in my ear Saying who do you think you are? Looks like you're on your own from here Cause grace could never reach that far That shame beat down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud Now drowning out the doubt I'm down but I'm not out There's all Now we will continue with Amy
2: Cabo and The Cure. Hi again, and thanks for tuning in. We're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. on your radio, our app, The Cure, and on social media, just look for God is The Cure.
3: Later, the show will be available as a podcast as well. Search for The Cure with Amy Cabo on any podcast channel. And just for your information, Amy spelled with an I and a double E.
2: The song that just played was Grace Wentz by Matthew West. Are We've you all- sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> We've all been in that place where that pickpocket, you know, he steals your soul without even you knowing it. I got that from a, a saint that used to call him Pickpocket. I thought it was a good idea. But isn't it amazing when grace wins? When you no longer believe the lies? When God calls her name? Yes, it's a war. It's a war between evil and good. And we are that sacred space in which grace will always win. We will never lie in death's deceit, for God has never given up on me as many times as he should have and as he has done for many others. For he never quits calling out our name. And because he is the one and
3: only God, grace wins every time. Yes. I also want to <laughs> remind you about the contest we started again. Please let us know suggestion for a song that we can play on the show through our contact us page on Garisekia.com.
2: We will continue talking to Dale Figland, a mafia guy turned pastor
3: and, and his counselor. book Conspiracy of Grace, as you talked about Grace.
2: <laughs> That's a coincidence, maybe
3: not. Maybe not.
2: So Dale I mean, your, your story is amazing. It's, it's great. I, I thought that it was great that you even escaped the Mafia and that you gave up your aspirations to become a doctor and to well, be wealthy and to have all the things that this world has to offer that most of us believe it's happiness because you had something bigger to offer.
1: Tell well, me. Well, oh, oh, go ahead. You, what, you know, the... Um, I, taught for a few years, and um, it was on the east side of Cleveland where I had some connections. It was a rough school. It was a school called, nicknamed Cleveland Bad Boys School, and you had to be expelled out of other schools before we take you. But anyway, I didn't like not making money, so I went into businesses, and I ended up, uh, just briefly, owning and operating Seven small businesses. Wow, and uh, and some of them, I was still tied uh, very. I would say, le- if such a thing legitimately with the mafia,
2: you still okay. had connections. And so they
1: they were uh, glad that this businessman could do certain favors. Okay, um, the co- unions were very strong, and so I sold heavy construction equipment. To one fell out because he had all the contracts to build the new school, and uh, so it was an easy transition. But I was uh, became very successful, uh, very wealthy, sort of a, a a big frog in a small pond uh, in in that end of the business. And I was a miserable person. I had was married, had two kids, and. The, you know, I left home, I thought, because of primarily my father, but later learned my mom was It was a mutual thing. Um, she used to say, you know, if anything I did bad, you're just like your father. So, uh-huh. But the horror story is I woke up one day just like him, and I was a terrible father, um, a terrible husband, and I was married to these businesses, and that's all I wanted to do was, get more money and uh, um, I hit a breaking point because uh, I was miserable yet should have been the happiest person around. I had a beautiful wife at that time two wonderful children and there was a hole in me.
2: I know that feeling. I I
1: was a full blown addict. uh, Cocaine and alcohol and um, uh, again God's grace when I was younger you know, reading a book that a judge uh, gave me an option to either go to the workhouse or go to AA, and I thought, that's a no-brainer. These guys will teach me how to drink. So I went to AA, and again, there were some authentic Christians there talking about Jesus in their life. And um, I hit a bottom when my wife said, that's it, I'm leaving and um, I desperately needed help. And I think that's the first time because I desperately needed help that I turned uh, and started saying, okay, God, here I am, I'm a mess, I need help. And I don't wanna lose my family. And uh, we've raised seven kids now and been married over 50 years.
2: And Uh, that's at least that for me was my transformation was prayer, because I was just talking to Bobby about, oh, we never heard the transformation prayer, but it's not a prayer. It's that you're transformed through prayer, and it's over time. And it's so true, because for some people, it's a counselor, or a friend, or something that happened, that it's that pivotal point in that, in their life that takes them there. But God is always reaching out to us, whether by people Or by circumstances that get us to learn. But it was when I stopped praying every day that I was open to the devil. And so for me, praying every day, spending time with God, making Him part of my everyday was my transformation. Mm. And then everything else can come along reading the Bible, you know, doing good things. But you wrote a book. Tell us about your book.
1: Well, I'm hoping that it points to Jesus no matter where you're at. I I, I firmly believe that um, we should be living our lives as Christians looking at what part of me is not like Jesus and asking him to help us to become more like him. so, if you lived around me, I have a saying, if you squeeze me, not a lot of Jesus comes out of me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, I, I, I've always wanted more, um, you know, and, um, you know, the Bible says if you taste, you want more. Uh, you know, the, the, if I could say something briefly, uh, one of the things that I discovered after I became a pastor was I became an expert about God, but still had a long way to go to get to know him. And I think so many times within the Christian world, uh, pastors may be... uh, We get the wrong
2: idea. Sometimes we just get the wrong idea. We're almost finishing with today's show. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. It opens our eyes to the truth. Yes. But we're just about done. And for Mother's Day, I just wanted to share a nice poem to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day, including our Mother in Heaven. This is A Mother's Love from Helen Rice. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It's made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking, and it never fails or falters even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns and enclose with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It is far beyond defining. It defies all explanation, and it still remains a secret like the mysteries of creation. A many-splendored miracle man cannot understand, and another wondrous evidence of God's tender guiding hand. would you like yep. to close us in prayer?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Jesus, uh, we just uh, thank you and, uh, for this opportunity. And what comes to my mind is, is that you, you share with us that we're to trust in you with uh, all of our hearts, And you tell us not to be wise in our own eyes. And that if we acknowledge you in all of our ways, you will direct our path. And then if we didn't get it the first time, you tell us, you know, don't lean on our own understanding. And uh, Lord, uh, help uh, everybody that's out there listening to uh, understand um, that you're there and you're pursuing them and you love them unconditionally. And... uh, my prayer is is that uh, somehow you use uh, this uh, testimony in, in spite of ourselves and only the power of you can speak to somebody's heart through uh, our words. And so we ask this in your name, Jesus, amen. amen. amen.
2: And thank you, Dale, for being on the show. Your book, Conspiracy of Grace, again, Conspiracy of Grace, is a powerful testimony of the power of grace. More information on Dale can be found on conspiracyofgrace.com. Thank you, Dale, so much for being on the show. God bless Thank you, Dale.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Amy and Boris. and. If you read part of my book, I got a great friend from uh, Bulgaria that lived with me for two years, Boris.
3: Oh, look at that. In the Mafia times or after? No, no, no. <laughs> in the Christian uh, times.
1: His, his dad was in uh, more of a Secret Service type thing, but no, well, he's a doctor. Uh, and nice. Birth pathologist
3: right nice.
2: And thank you to our audio producer, Jasper, for being with us today, making the show sound good, and playing my music picks. Thanks for the Christian car guy, Robbie Dillmore, for his continuing guidance. And watch the show. It's awesome. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Until next week, much love.
3: Please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo, our app, The Cure, or our website, godisthecure.com.
2: Happy Mother's Day. Thank you
0: for listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcasts of previous shows, visit godisthecure.com.